This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly. In this episode, we will talk about NBA free agency. The Woj bomb dropping uh, last night about Jimmy Butler potentially headed to Houston on a sign-in trade. We'll discuss that. We'll also talk about the Phillies' recent week, their up-and-down week, a uh, week that started off uh, with a lot of frustration, but has gotten some promise back to it in the last couple nights. Let's get going. So NBA free agency rapidly approaching. All gets started on Sunday night. Uh, if you want to listen to me, I'll be on WIP that that overnight Saturday into Sunday, leading into the day where free agency officially opens in the NBA and. I did a podcast last week with Andrew Porter of WIP. We went through a lot of the off-season scenarios, the players who were available, what could possibly lie ahead for the Sixers, what could you know lie ahead in general for the league. A week later, uh, we don't know a lot more than we did last week, to be honest. Uh, the big story, though, last night, Woj bomb regarding the Sixers, the report that the Rockets have now focused their attention on Jimmy Butler this offseason. And then they are going to aggressively recruit Jimmy Butler to force a sign and trade from the Sixers to Houston so he could team up with James Harden and Chris Paul and take a shot at an NBA in a Western Conference that is wide open for the first time in several years. And... From a Houston Rockets perspective, I think this makes a lot of sense. You know, Daryl Morey is one of the most creative front office minds in the NBA. One of the the few guys in this league that that from kind of like that Sam Hinkie mold will be aggressive and creative at the same time. You know, where, where you're constantly being aggressive and you know, do things in a creative fashion. And Maury has kind of been at the forefront of that over the past several years in regards to, you know, doing things in a different manner. Like, you look at the Houston Rockets, they don't have cap space right now. You wouldn't think that they are a team that would be in the hunt for a max free agent because as it sits right now, they just don't have the money to do so. But Maury feels if he can get James Harden involved, which, which let's be honest, that's probably what's going on here. James Harden probably had a conversation with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler probably was receptive to the idea of potentially coming to Houston. James Harden goes back to the Rockets front office and says, hey, we might have a chance at Jimmy Butler. Let, let's try to get this thing done. And that's kind of how these things go. So... You know, the Rockets trying to use their veteran players in a way to recruit, even though they don't have the money, you know, and the players can still try to force their way to wherever they want to go. And we don't know if Jimmy Butler ultimately will want to do this. 
I think it's something that he would consider, and I think that's probably where it stands right now. Like, I don't think we're at the point now where Jimmy Butler's made up his mind, and Jimmy Butler wants to go to Houston, and Jimmy Butler is going to go to the Sixers and say, you know, I'm not going to sign with you. I'm either going to sign and, and do a signing trade with Houston, or I'll go somewhere else. I don't think we're at that point yet. I still think Jimmy Butler's undecided. I think Jimmy Butler enjoyed his time here. I've said that. Time and time again, I think Jimmy Butler enjoyed last year, and I think Jimmy Butler would like to come back in, in the right scenario, but I do think there is a, a a scenario where Houston makes sense. And as I was talking to Andrew last week, Andrew brought this point up, and it was a smart one, is that there is an appeal for guys to want to go somewhere with guys that are their peers. you know. And when you look at Jimmy Butler and his age range, Chris Paul and James Harden, they just fit more in terms of where they are in life with Jimmy Butler than Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons do. And just from not just an on-court perspective, but from just like a hanging out off the court and like relating to each other, it's easier to relate to people who are in your in your own age grouping, in your own age bracket, guys who who you can relate to more about things. You know, so I do think there is a part of that dynamic in Houston that meshes with Jimmy Butler. And and especially when you look at Houston, I think they're in kind of a similar scenario, a similar situation to what the Raptors were last year. Like you look at where the Raptors were going into last season, that Raptors team was tapped out what they could do with the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan core. They weren't doing any better than what they'd done. The Houston Rockets had an opportunity the past two years. And they couldn't get it done. They lost in seven two years ago. Last year, game five, 2-2 series. Kevin Durant gets hurt with what? Uh, late in the third quarter, I think Houston was down one. They lose game five. Come home, no Durant, lose game six. They, they blew it. I, I really do. I think the Houston Rockets blew it last year. Last year was their chance to win the title. A core with just Chris Paul and James Harden is not getting it done. It's not, and Houston knows they need someone else, and they'll be willing to blow up the rest of the team. They would love to get out of the, out of that Chris Paul contract. There's just nobody who's going to take Chris Paul at this point. Chris Paul's contract is the worst contract in the NBA. It is the worst contract in the league, and nobody's going to take that. So they're stuck with Chris Paul, but they are so tapped out from what they've done with this core that they are willing to blow up the rest of the team to go for it now. And and that's what they got to do. You know, so they'll get rid of Gordon. They'll get rid of Capella. They'll get rid of P.J. Tucker to try to, you know, go for a guy like Jimmy Butler and go for it now with a third star. So from Houston's perspective, I totally believe this. I totally think it's true. Now, when you look at it from the Sixers' perspective, This is where it gets interesting because my initial reaction and I think everybody's initial reaction is no. Like, why am I going to help the Rockets acquire Jimmy Butler when I want Jimmy Butler? And and I I do. I still want Jimmy Butler 100% back with the Sixers unless you can get Kawhi Leonard. We'll get into that, but I don't think that is realistic. But when you look deeper into it, you got to examine what would be your other options. Like if Jimmy Butler comes to you and says, I am not signing with the 76, I will not be a 76er next year. 
Then you got to take into account your different options. Would you rather have the cap space? And would you rather go into free agency and think you can build your team with the cap space that you have? And then you probably do resign Tobias Harris to a big deal and you fill out the rest of your roster with your cap space. Or would it be better for your roster ultimately to move Jimmy Butler, get say Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker back and they, they become valuable role players for you and then fill out the rest of the, the roster of free agency. I think, I, I don't know if I, if it would work out, but I think you could still then sign Tobias Harris back. And would you rather do it that way? And you could also possibly get Clint Capella in a deal. I've seen some people say, oh, you could keep Capella. He could be your backup center. That That's nonsense. Clint Capella on his current contract, it, it would be an albatross as a backup center. You can't have a backup center making $18 million. It just doesn't make sense. So if you were to get Clint Capella, you'd have to move him to a third team. A third team would have to get involved which that wouldn't be that horrible of a situation. If you could get valuable assets, a valuable player, maybe some picks back for Clint Capella, then I think that would be a situation that that you'd have to look at. So say you get Gordon, Tucker, and then whatever assets you could get from moving Capella to a third team. Would that be better than what you could do with your cap space and free agency? And I think that's what the Sixers would have to ask themselves because at, at first glance, no, you just say, no, you know, bleep off. I'm not, I'm not going to help you, the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, get Jimmy Butler. But when you look deeper into it, it might be beneficial to you. It might be more beneficial to you to do that than to just keep the cap space because you don't know if people are going to choose you. We've been through this in the past. You never know what players are going to choose you. But if you get these guys in a, in a sign and trade, you could either keep them, move them on to other teams, and acquire new assets. So I think it's it's a scenario to think about. I still think the Sixers' focus is and should be bring back Jimmy Butler, bring back Tobias Harris. Like, that is where I am at, is I think with the way this league is set up right now, with the uncertainty around who's going where and who's even going to be good next year, like, the Golden State Warriors have ruled this league over the last five years. They're not going to be good next year. They're a borderline playoff team without Klay Thompson for two-thirds of the season. And regardless of whether he signs there or not, no Kevin Durant next year. He's not going to play whether he stays in Golden State or goes to Brooklyn or goes to the Knicks. Kevin Durant is not playing next year. So the Warriors, I think, you can take out of it. And when you look at, at the league and the situation that lies in front of you, I think you need to go for it now. You need to go for it. You can't worry about what the next four to five years are going to look like with Jimmy Butler's contract or Tobias Harris's contract. You need to focus on the next two years and maximize what you look at what Toronto did last year. Look, look at recent years. It's favored the bold teams. It's favored the aggressive teams. Look at the dichotomy between a team like Toronto who decides we're going for it this year. And you know, Maybe, maybe they get Kawhi back. Hopefully for them, they get Kawhi back. But either way, they got a title out of it. You either go for it now, or you are like the Boston Celtics, who have sat on these assets for years. They cashed some of them in for Kyrie Irving. They signed Gordon Hayward. That didn't work out, even though 
you know, people point to strictly the injury with Gordon Hayward. That's certainly part of it. I never thought Gordon Hayward was a max player. I've always thought Gordon Hayward was an overrated player. And you see what Donovan Mitchell has done with the usage rate that had previously been Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is just, he's always, in my mind, been an overrated player. And that was a bad signing. But the Boston Celtics, with many of their assets, have sat on them. And now the window's passed them by. Like, they have to go into a retool now. Not a full rebuild, but they need to kind of recalibrate things here because they never cashed in those assets. They had the chances to go get Anthony Davis. They had the chances to go get Paul George. They had the chances to go get Jimmy Butler. And they never did it. And that's why the Sixers can't be planning for three, four years down the road. You need to go after it now. If it doesn't work out, you'll be able to move Jimmy Butler. You'll be able to move Tobias Harris. You'll be able to move some of those guys. I mean, if it doesn't work out in a couple years, even though I'm a big Ben Simmons fan, you could potentially move Ben Simmons if he signs the the rookie extension, which I believe he will sign. So I'm still in the run-it-back mindset. And that's why I was disappointed with what the Sixers did at draft night, not getting more players. I knew they wouldn't take four second-round picks, but I would have kept the 34th pick. You had to move 33 to get up to get Matisse Thibel, but with 34, you could have gotten a useful role player there because if you, if things go the way you want them to go and you get Jimmy Butler, you get Tobias Harris, you're not going to have money to spend on the rest of a bench. And we saw last year in the playoffs, the lack of a bench killed this team in the Toronto series. In Game 7, they didn't have a backup center that could pay, play two minutes. Greg Monroe was like minus 11 in like a minute 45 of game time. It was insane. And in a lot of ways, that's probably costing that game. So it's it's a little confusing, and it's, it's tough to decide what you want to do. I mean, there's the talk about Kawhi Leonard. I just don't foresee that happening in Philadelphia. I hope I'm wrong. But I think it's a Raptors and Clippers type thing. Um, and I think, I thought he was going to go to the Clippers, but now I'm telling you, I, I kind of think Kawhi stays. I think he stays. I think he signs a one-and-one where he, he signs for next year with a player option for a second year and might run it back to free agency next year. But I just don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to leave. The interesting thing, another thing Woj said last night on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt, which I... I found interesting is Clay Thompson, who despite torn ACL, I'd love to get Clay Thompson. I just don't think he has any interest in coming out East. He's a West coast guy, but the consensus is that Clay Thompson is going to stay in golden state. That's what everybody's kind of thought the whole time, but Woj reporting that Clay Thompson does have interest potentially in the Clippers. If Kawhi were to go there and that would be an interesting tandem. I mean, you look at the Clippers if they brought in with the, I already like the Clippers roster. I think if they just added Kawhi, that team could potentially win the title next year. If you talk about they add Kawhi and Clay Thompson, I mean, you talk about a real, um, a real power tandem. That would be fun to watch. So, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Kevin Durant. I, I, I don't know. I think it's between the Warriors and Nets. I think the Nets could potentially still get him and Kyrie Irving. Um, but I think there's a chance Durant goes back. I think there's, and speaking of the Clay thing, I do think Clay ultimately does go back to Golden State. I don't think he goes to the Clippers, but it'd be interesting if he did. Um, Durant, I, I think it's 50-50 between the Warriors and the Nets. I really do. 
And the Nets are in an interesting situation because they've long been rumored about Kyrie Irving. But if you're not getting Duran as well, reports are they might not be as interested in Kyrie. They might just want to stick with D'Angelo Russell. Because if you're if it's not a package deal with Durant and Irving, then would you really rather have Kyrie Irving than, than D'Angelo Russell? D'Angelo Russell's going to be cheaper. Not as good a player now. I mean, he may never be, probably will never be as good as Kyrie Irving, but is he that much worse if he's going to be cheaper and you already know what you're getting from D'Angelo Russell? And he's, you know, I know they didn't draft him, but he's kind of an in-house player. They got him early on in his career. Like, I don't know if I'm the if I'm the Nets whether I'd really want to go for a Kyrie Irving if you're not getting Kevin Durant instead. So it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for this weekend. And um, yeah, I'll be on Saturday into Sunday. So listen to me, a lot of free agency talk uh, on the show Saturday night into Sunday morning. Now, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about the Phillies and what uh, has transpired this past week. I was on WIP uh, this weekend talking about it on Saturday night and a really frustrating week in general weekend series. I mean, getting swept by the Marlins after being swept by the Nationals, just really upsetting. And, you know, getting swept by the Marlins is just disgraceful. I mean, I, it is. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. They're not trying to win. And that weekend series was horrific. Cesar Hernandez not running. And I'm not Mr. Hustle guy. I'm really not. I I thought the Segura thing was drastically over the top um, in San Diego when he didn't run it out. And people saying that's what got McCutcheon hurt. I just didn't agree with that. I thought it was a little over the top and ridiculous. Um, but the more you continue to see it, you know, Segura last week not running hard against Washington. Cesar Hernandez not running hard on a ball that was clearly going to land fair against the Marlins and, and cost the Phillies a crucial run and maybe is a game that they could have won. So that's really frustrating. And, you know, it was a bad weekend for the Phillies. But at least over the past couple of days, they bounced back here. And part of the bounce back has been Michael Franco, a guy who I was high on to begin the year. Um, had a great start to the year, then really hit a snag, was really disappointing, and is starting to get it going again. And I know Michael Franco is kind of a polarizing guy, and I don't think he is, you know, a guy that you can count on long term. I don't, and I was wrong about that because I thought Michael Franco was going to be a possible solution at third base long term for this team. That's part of the reason why I didn't want Manny Machado. I wanted Bryce Harper more than Manny Machado. Um, and it's it's part of the reason why I didn't want them to go out and get a Mike Moustakis or anything like that. I thought Franco could be the third baseman and be competent. He has shown a very inconsistent play over the course of the year, and it's been frustrating. But Franco's starting to get hot. I think that regardless of the issues that Franco has, there's no reason why a guy like Brad Miller or Sean Rodriguez, Sean Rodriguez stinks. There's no reason why any of those guys should ever start over Franco. Like, even if he's struggling, I still think you got to stick with him because you can, he shows you that when he gets hot, he can provide some punch. Those other guys aren't giving you anything. They're not. I would play Franco above those guys, above Roman Quinn. I'd put Kingery in center field. I mean, Roman Quinn stinks. I just don't, I've never got the Roman Quinn thing. So 
as frustrating as Franco can be at times, I think you got to stick with him. I really do. I think you got to stick with him and have him be your third baseman. And if you can get somebody at the deadline that's an actual upgrade, that's different. But for now, I would keep running him out there and playing him most days because when he is hot, when he is locked in, at least he can give you power where those other guys can't. But um, a polarizing week, the the whole curveball machine fiasco from Sunday. And I thought, I got to admit, I, I thought um, that was not a good sign when Gabe recommended the curveball machine and Bryce Harper laughs about it. You know, I thought it was an organization that could be losing, that he could be losing the the team a little bit. But the way they've responded over the last couple of days, be I mean, the Mets are a, a disaster. But the way the Phillies have bounced back has been somewhat encouraging. I don't think this season is over. I think this team is teetering. And I think if they don't, if they go into another stretch like they just went into, things could get away from them pretty quickly. I mean, the Braves, to me, are pretty clearly better than the Phillies. I don't think it's much of a question. You know, you're not giving up on the division yet, but do I think the Phillies are going to win the division? No. I did at the beginning of the year. I don't now. I think the wild card is probably way more realistic, but the Phillies need to find some consistency. They need to find some lineup consistency. I mean, losing Andrew McCutcheon, I knew it would be a big loss. I didn't think it would totally cripple this team the way it has. That's been frustrating. They should have enough elsewhere with Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, you know, to keep this thing afloat. And they just got a lot of streaky guys on their team. And I don't think it's really a fixable issue this year. I, I don't. I, I don't know what you're going to do and go out of the deadline because you need starting pitching. Your starting pitching is not good enough. Your bullpen has been injured. Hopefully get some of those guys back. But when you look at the starting pitching, the guy who I think has totally skated this year is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola has performed like a fourth or fifth starter. I tweeted out on Friday night. It's a shame the Phillies couldn't win when Aaron Nola, you know, gave you what his fifth starter gives you or something like that. I don't remember the exact tweet, but people took exception to it. Look at his numbers. His ERA is around five. Aaron Nola is giving you a Joe Blanton level season. He is. He's giving you what Joe Blanton used to give you back in 2010 and 2011. That's not good enough. Bottom line, that's not good enough. And Aaron Nola deserves to be criticized more than anybody because we thought this guy was a Cy Young candidate, gets a new contract in the offseason, and it's not for a lack of working hard. I think Aaron Nola is a hard worker. I think he's frustrated by what's happened. But Aaron Nola's been bad this year, and there's no getting around it. Nobody wants to criticize him. you know. And I'm not defending Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta's been bad too, but you kind of expected it from Jake Arrieta. You kind of knew Jake Arrieta was past his prime, and we still expect him to be better than this, and it has not been good enough, but Aaron Nola has been bad, and you need him to start performing like an ace. You need him to start performing like a stopper. You need a guy that's going to come out and, and stop those losing streaks. Aaron Nola hasn't been nearly good enough, and he's been incredibly disappointing this year, and I'm surprised that so many people have let Aaron Nola skate on this bad season because he's been terrible, and if the Phillies are going to get back in this race, if they are really going to get back in this in this division race and really make a big-time run at the playoffs and, who knows, at doing something in the playoffs the way this team we thought they were capable of at the beginning of the year and in the offseason, it starts with Aaron Nola. And he needs to pitch like an ace the second half of the year. If he doesn't, 
This team doesn't stand a chance. I don't care what they do trade-wise. They're not going to be able to sustain it. They're not going to be able to compete at a real high level unless Aaron Nola gets back to pitching the way he pitched last year. And that's just the bottom line. And that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly. As I said earlier, I'll be on Saturday into Sunday with NBA free agency opening up Sunday. It'll be a fun show. Make sure to listen to me then. I'll also be on that following Monday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Um, and the following Friday morning, I'll be on the morning show with John Johnson. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to that. Thanks for listening to Trash Talk with TK. Talk to you guys next time. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.